Hello and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today on the show, a fake Carlton Towns trade suggested by Bleacher Report. I'm going to break it down. Well, I actually don't hate it as much. And yes, it is one of the feared Carlton Towns, the New York Knicks trade possibilities. We'll talk through that. Plus, another fake Wolves trade on Bleacher Report to talk about potentially bringing in a new backup point guard. We'll do all that. A few more Wolves notes at the end of the show. It's all upcoming. Welcome in. You are Locked On Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. Today's episode is brought to us by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today on the show, plenty to get to. A lot of fake trade talk because, I mean, we're not to the draft yet. We're not to free agency yet. It makes a lot of sense to, to, to kind of burn through some of these different trade ideas now. Uh, well, really, frankly, anything can happen in this offseason. So we're going to do that today. It's a lot of fun. Uh, first of all, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every single day. This show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app. That's on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. This show, along with all the other Minnesota Lockdown podcasts, more great local sports coverage 24-7 for free. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves. Don't forget the T, again, at Lockdown T-Wolves, and also my account, which is at Beacon, and that's with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. All right, it is officially fake trade season. We're there. I know the finals aren't over, but we got we to gotta dive right in. I've talked a couple of weeks now about the possibility of a town's trade. I'm on record as saying now many times, I still think it's more likely than not that town stays on the wolves, at least through the beginning of next year and very likely through all of next season. I, I think it's more likely than not they don't trade him, but this is, and I've tons of shows. If you go back, if you haven't listened in a while, or if you're a new listener, I, I've done several shows on the reasons why I think the wolves won't trade towns, but also the reasons why they might. And, I'll just say this now and, and not belabor the point I made previously on the show, but Towns is eligible to be traded in July after signing the Supermax extension that kicks in next year. Uh, but of course, they could tr- agree to a trade prior to that, uh, you know, agree to a trade in principle. They could always wait till July and trade him like uh, has been done in the past and still involve somebody who was just drafted. So the most likely scenario of Towns is traded probably does involve like the third pick from Portland for Scoot Henderson. Maybe it's the fourth pick. Uh, you know, that that's the most likely scenario. This is an offseason, though, the Wolves will consider because consider trading towns because it is kind of the immediate reset on the Rudy Gobert trade is trying to recoup some of the assets traded away to acquire Rudy Gobert. So all that to say, the pivot is a very real possibility for Tim Connolly and the Timberwolves front office. Again, I think it's more likely than not that they don't, but we have to consider the possibility. And for the first time, Frankly, since Towns, at least since his first couple of years in the league, I'm willing to discuss the possibility or to to admit, I guess, that there's a possibility that Towns could be traded to the New York Knicks. Tons of Towns, New York um, connections, of course, the New Jersey connections, 
I shouldn't say tons of New York connections, really more New Jersey connections. Uh, I believe growing up a Knicks fan, that whole thing. Yes. Um, besides that, the Knicks are looking for that other star to pair with Jalen Brunson. And depending on what you feel about RJ Barrett, uh, of course, Tom Thibodeau's there. He's very likely not going anywhere after winning 47 games this year and, and um, you know, getting to the second round of the playoffs and being competitive in the playoffs. So there are tons of reasons why the Knicks could make some sense. I talked about the Knicks as a possibility several weeks ago and basically said, looking at the roster, why? Like, uh, RJ Barrett does nothing for me. I, I don't, like, I don't really know why they would be a serious competitor to trade for Carl Anthony Towns. But I'm going to entertain this this particular fake trade. This comes from, from Bleacher Report. And Bleacher Report is an awesome source for these fake trades throughout the offseason. But they all, um, their writers do a good job in that these are somewhat realistic trades. And I may disagree with them, but it, they can happen from a financial perspective um, is the first thing, of course. The second thing is that there's a little bit of, of um, I guess, background knowledge and potentially some inside information and some logic, at least behind this. This isn't like a random blog, right? Like Greg Swartz at Bleach Report does a good job. So um, this isn't a real rumor that this necessarily has been discussed, but it's a trade that theoretically could happen. So Greg Swartz at Bleach Report did a trade for every team not in the finals, so 28 of the 30 teams. Um We'll get to the Wolves trade here in a minute. I do want to talk about that. But under the Knicks trade, it's a Knicks-Wolves trade. This is this is the suggested trade for the New York Knicks. And in this fake trade from Greg Swartz at Bleacher Report, it has the New York Knicks getting Carl Anthony Towns from the Wolves. It has the Wolves getting back Julius Randle, Emmanuel Quickly, and a 2024 first-round pick, so next year's draft. Now, when I talked about the Knicks as a potential trade partner, I didn't really consider Julius Randle as a legitimate option for the Wolves. And thinking back on this now, I like I'd be more excited about the Emmanuel Quickly addition than I would be and I'm not saying that he's a better player than Julius Randle. I think he fits what the Wolves need and how they play better than Julius Randle. I, I this is similar to me as the Warriors conversation I had a week ago, last Tuesday's show, I did the crossover episode with Cyrus from Lockdown Warriors, and I basically told him, like, hey, I wouldn't do any of these Warriors deals unless Towns was asking out the Wolves. It came down to it. And it's like, okay, Jonathan Kaminga, a couple of picks from the Warriors. We can make this work. But I just didn't get excited about Jordan Poole, the fit with Minnesota, the contract, et cetera. The next thing to me is actually more attractive because I like Emmanuel quickly. I think it's more likely than not the Knicks will still, even with Towns, uh, those picks will be as, it will be similar. I think there's a better chance. The Knicks always have a higher likelihood of probability of imploding as the Warriors. Now, of course, Bob Myers is leaving, but, uh, you know, I I still would rather have Knicks picks than Warriors picks, I guess, grand scheme of things. And you're also getting back Julius Randle. And we'll t- I want to talk about Randle. I like his fit on the Wolves more than I like Jordan Poole. I still don't love it, though, and that's my main hesitation with this potential Knicks trade. But first, Emmanuel, quickly, because I like the idea of quickly on the Wolves. From a player perspective, and I know he wasn't fully in the rotation for all of the playoffs. I mean, that's just Tom Thibodeau being Tom Thibodeau, and he wasn't great in that Miami series. Uh, and by wasn't great, I mean, like, he really struggled. He was, what, three of uh, three of 16 from three, only played nine minutes in, in uh, the game that the Knicks won in that series against the Heat. Um Anyway, quickly though, 37% three-point shooter last year, a shade under 37% in his three years in the league, 
averaged 15 points per game, and in the 21 games he started, was over 21 points per game. Offensively, in general, roughly half of his shots in his career over three years have come from outside the arc. He draws fouls against the line at a decent rate. This year, he played off the ball off the ball more frequently than he did his first two years. He saw his usage rate still come down, and he became a little bit more of a of a um, a secondary score and secondary playmaker, honestly, with this team. But I like him as a solid, if not strong, bench player, sixth man type option behind Anthony Anthony Edwards and Mike Conley this year. I think he'd be a really nice fit. He's a little undersized to play the two. I think he becomes the backup point guard in a deal like this, right? And and really, probably your starting point guard beyond next year after Mike Conley after his deal expires. The biggest issue for me, again, from a basketball perspective, I like the fit. I think there's still some upside. I think he can play both on and off the ball with Ant. The bigger concern is that you're going to have to pay him. And I don't know what he's going to be worth. He's got one year left on his rookie deal. So he's, um, is what, I guess the same draft as, as uh, yeah, the same draft as Ant and Jade McDaniels. Now you've got all three of them that are, going to need an extension. I don't think Greg Swartz thought about this when he put this trade together, but the Wolves would obviously be freeing up a few dollars by trading Towns and getting out of the Supermax, but now you're bringing back Julius Randle, who we will talk about. You're paying Julius Randle, whatever, 25, I'm going to get the actual number here. It's like 25 million or something uh, this year. Yeah, 25.6 million next year, then 27.5, and then a player option after that. So at least two, probably three years of Julius Randle. But you're talking 25 to 30 million instead of 50 million plus for Cat. Um, so you save a few bucks there to, to help with your extensions for McDaniels, Edwards, but now also Emmanuel quickly. And how do you value the three of those guys? Obviously, Ant is going to get the max. How do you value McDaniels? How do you value quickly? You can make the argument quickly has been a better all around player the last three years than Jane McDaniels, but. McDaniels probably has the higher upside. He's certainly the better defender as of today. But quickly, by the way, isn't a minus defender. I think he's a pretty league average, you know, kind of combo guard defender, a little undersized to guard twos, but effective guarding ones. So I really, really like quickly as potentially the point guard of the future for the Wolves. Uh, And to me, he is what I would be excited about in addition to at least one first round pick in this fake trade. I do want to talk about Julius Randle and what concerns me about that fit and ultimately why I wouldn't do this deal. And then I want to talk about the the Wolves trade, the fake Wolves trade in this article by Greg Swartz at Bleacher Report. So we'll do all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. I have a terrible habit of purchasing tickets late for everything. Uh, recently went to a Broadway show. And uh, I waited a little bit too long to buy tickets. I do the same thing with sporting events. If I'm traveling and going to a baseball game or a basketball game, whatever, uh, I, I wait too long. But Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seats before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag your tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LockdownNBA for $20 off your first purchase. 
Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. A big thank you once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, every day is tomorrow on the show. We will continue to talk Wolves offseason. We're going to talk some draft later this week. Uh, I want to talk pick number four if the Wolves were to perhaps make a trade with Houston Rockets at number four. What might they do? We'll get to some second round options here soon too on the show. So big thank you again for listening every day. And uh, we're of course daily here through Friday this week. Um, All right. So I talked about Manuel quickly already. I like the fit on the Wolves roster. I worry about needing to extend him beyond this season. Effectively, he's got, I mean, not effectively, he would have one year left on his deal. He and, and McDaniels would all need extensions Moving forward, I like the second or the, excuse me, the first round pick in 24 from the Knicks. I really think the Wolves would ask for at least two and perhaps the Knicks back them down to one first and one second. Uh, maybe it's a first and a heavily protected first, whatever that might be. But I think you got to get two picks out of this thing. The Knicks counter, of course, is, hey, Julius Randle's a two time all star. He was an all star this year. Uh, you could argue a career year just based on counting stats. I get that. Sure. Um, but. If I'm the Wolves, my counter would be, well, Julius Randle, yeah, it was a career year, but it was also a bounce back year because after making the All-Star game in 21, he had a really rough 21-22 season. He saw his points per game average dip three points. He shot 11% worse from outside the arc last year in 21-22 than he did the year prior. He shot under 31% from three in 21-22. He saw, um, uh, let's see, assist rate dipped, turnover rate, or excuse me, rebound rate was about... Uh, where it had been turnover rate was at his highest in five seasons last year. But then this, this past season, 21 or excuse me, 22, 23 was strong. I mean, he made the all-star game again. He was for some reason in the three point shooting contest, even though he shot only 34% from three, but he saw that three point percentage bounce back a little, the volume went way up in terms of three point shooting and uh, the assist rate was down, but he still demonstrated good playmaking skills was a legit bona fide all-star this year. And I thought was at least passable on defense but my concern related to Julius Randle is actually, weirdly enough, his fit next to, you guessed it, Rudy Gobert. Yes, Carlton Towns is a quote-unquote natural center, right? He's still seen as better cast as a center. Julius Randle is a quote-unquote natural power forward. He's best cast as a power forward. However, the versatility of Randle's game is not to the level of Carlton Towns on either end of the floor. Offensively. Randall's not the three-point shooter that Carl Anthony Towns is. I know Randall was 41% a couple years ago. I know he was in the three-point contest this year. I know that Cat had a difficult year shooting the ball for his standards. But Cat is effectively, for all intents and purposes, a 40% career three-point shooter. Julius Randall's 33.6%. And yes, he's improved lately, but if you just want to take his last three seasons, which includes two all-star berths, he's still only 35.2% from three. So you're knocking... Four and a half to five percent off the three point percentage by going from Cat to Randall. The volume is effectively the same. You're just knocking five percentage points off of it. Yes, he's a slightly better rebounder. And actually, you could argue is as good or a better of a playmaker, although we saw Towns make significant progress in terms of playmaking this year. I do like that Randall off the dribble is a little bit more willing and able to be a playmaker, to be a passer than Carl Anthony Towns is off the dribble. If Towns is driving to the basket, he's less likely to pass out. According to B-Ball Index, Julius Randle actually had a pretty strong pass out number um, on drives this year. 
His pass out rate was 73%, 73rd percentile, excuse me. That's a B. Drive assist rate is 79th percentile, B+. Cat's numbers are not that impressive in terms of playmaking when he puts the ball on the floor. But Towns is also just in general a more efficient offensive player. And even defensively, the advanced metrics all hate what Julius Randle did defensively. Like you pick, uh, you know, one of the catch-alls, uh, Raptor, the, um, the statistic over at, uh, I believe that one's 538. That gave him a D on defense. Uh, defensive re- adjusted real uh, plus minus an F the LeBron box score number at B-ball index gives him a C on defense box score or excuse me box plus minus gives him a C on defense actually real plus minus at ESPN gives him an A the LeBron the regular LeBron statistic gives him an F that's at B-ball index so only one of the five catch-alls gave him a rating above a C the others were split between C, D, and F for his catch-all defensive metrics. And frankly, he's just a little bit less switchable on the perimeter. He's a little bit less in really every area defensively. The only thing he has on Towns, he's a slightly more effective rebounder. He's a better offensive rebounder. Those things are great, but you combine the struggles outside the arc in really each of the last two seasons and all of his career, except for the 2021, what apparently was a career year in terms of shooting outside the arc. I worry about limiting the offensive potential and limiting the defensive potential and pigeonholing the Wolves to to try and fit this higher volume big next to Rudy Gobert. If you thought the spacing was iffy with Towns and Gobert on the floor together, wait till you see what the spacing looks like with Julius Randle and Rudy Gobert on the floor together when Ant and Emmanuel quickly and Jade McDaniels are looking to to drive and get, get shots off. Um, the spacing with Randle, teams are going to be more than happy to let Randall shoot threes compared to what they were with Towns. So I, like the Randall Gobert fit, which is not mentioned, by the way, in the Greg Swartz uh, portion of the Bleacher Report article, that to me is the bigger concern, and it's why I wouldn't pull the trigger. In order to do this trade, I would have to get at least two first-round picks. I'd have to feel comfortable with, I mentioned this earlier, the decrease in salary of going from Towns to Randall helps, but I have to feel comfortable with whatever number I'm going to give quickly for the ex- for the extension same with Jaden McDaniels. Um, this to me is in a similar category to the potential Warriors deal of like, I only do this if Kat says I want out. I only do this if my hand is forced. I would prefer this deal to the Warriors deal because I think the Randall fit is better than the pool fit. Um, I realize I'm creating kind of a, a false choice here, but like if these two deals were on the table, pool, Kaminga, um, a couple of other guys, two picks from the Warriors versus quickly Randall call it two picks from the Knicks. I would take the Knicks deal uh, because I think you can make the Randall thing work, even if the offensive fit is tenuous and, and I worry about the lack of defensive flexibility. But I love Emmanuel Quickly's fit with the Wolves roster. And I would rather have Knicks picks than Warriors picks. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Kaminga may have the highest upside of anyone between these two deals, uh, but you're you're banking on, like you're trying to realize that upside in, in the process of developing Anthony Edwards as a superstar, potentially Jaden McDaniels as a superstar. Um, and I would rather take the Knicks deal if these if these are both on the table. Um, the other trade that's mentioned in the uh, in this article, I want to get to that here next. It's a backup point guard trade, so I want to focus on that a bit. And then I also want to touch on uh, a couple quick Wolves notes here at the end of the show. We'll do all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is also brought to us by our friends over at Prize Picks every day of the NBA playoffs and the finals, which of course we are game three is coming up in the finals. One Prize Picks user will win a chance at becoming a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern every day. 
that's 7 a.m. Central, will be randomly selected again each day. Whoever plays the entry will be given a six-pick flex with the following payouts. Six correct picks, you get $1 million. Five correct picks gets you eighty grand. Four correct picks, sixteen grand. Not bad. Full details can be found at prizepicks.com slash million. You must opt in at this link to be eligible for the million dollar entry. Again, prizepicks.com slash million. Once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal. You could be the lucky winner. If you're not familiar with prize picks, it's really easy to use. You just pick two to six players, and if they'll score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people either. It's just you versus the projections available. You're not competing against pro DFS players or anything crazy like that. PrizePix offers projections on any sport you watch. Of course, that includes the NBA as well as baseball, uh, Stanley Cup finals, and the NHL, golf, college sports, etc. You can make your entry in less than 60 seconds. It really is that easy. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, they'll give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, the second Timberwolves Bleacher Report trade, or actually the, the one trade that is assigned as a quote unquote Minnesota Timberwolves trade, uh, as I said, it involves backup point guards. It has the Wolves receiving DeLon Wright from the Washington Wizards? The uh, Wizards with their new front office boss as well, by the way. Uh, according to this trade or this this uh, fake trade proposal from Greg Swartz at Bleacher Report, the Wizards would receive Wendell Moore Jr. and Jordan McLaughlin from the Wolves. And the reasoning, of course, is that the Wolves need a an upgrade of the position behind him. And um, he says Dolan Wright's been one of the better backup floor generals in the league for years. A good on-ball defender with terrific size at 6'5", uh, second in steals per game in the league, and he played only 24 and a half minutes a night. Now, I don't disagree with any of that. DeLon Wright is a really nice backup point guard, and he's gonna he's 31 now. Um, I believe just turned, yeah, just turned 31 in April. Um, so getting along in the tooth, shot only 34.5% this year from three, which was his worst mark since the 2018-19 season, way back when he started the year in Toronto, finished in Memphis. Um but still, like again, you're talking backup point guard. No, the counting stats aren't aren't attractive, but neither are Jordan McLaughlin's, right? Like, what are you looking for in a backup point guard? It's not more than a handful of points per game. The key is he's a plus defender. Um, he was fantastic defensively last year. Um, I believe I have his his uh, real plus minus numbers here. I'm going to see if I can grab them real quick. But he was fantastic defensively last year. And um, uh, let's see here. I can get these quickly. But he was he was really, really good on the defensive end of the floor. He, he continues to be fine in terms of, um, in terms of, like just being a decent shooter, stretching the floor a little bit when he needs to. He's obviously still somebody that can play both both guard positions at his size, can guard both guard positions, and has a strong assist rate. Like there's really, you couldn't come up with a better backup point guard for the Wolves. He's got the size McLaughlin doesn't have. He's a better shooter than McLaughlin. He's a better defender because of the size, um, all of the above. I don't know why the Wizards do this necessarily unless they really like Wendell Moore Jr. And honestly, if I'm the Wolves, I don't know that I'd do this either, Dep- depending on what, I, like, this is true of any of these potential deals, right? It depends on what happens with the rest of the roster. Because if you can find uh, a backup point guard that's an upgrade over McLaughlin, but maybe not quite to DeLon Wright's level, and you're not giving up an asset, do that, right? Um, but DeLon Wright is better than Jordan McLaughlin. He's better right now than Wendell Moore Jr. is. And 
I mean, how if the Wolves keep Torian Prince, if they bring back Austin Rivers on a minimum deal, if they bring in DeLon Wright, like what's the role for Wendell Moore? Um, does it make sense to trade him? To me, though, rather than trading Wendell Moore Jr., because I still like him as a well-rounded role player type guy on a fixed deal, right? The Wolves know what they're paying him the next three years. That matters when you're on the cusp of the second salary apron, you're worried about the luxury tax. You like the cost certainty of, you know, the fixed cost, the cost certainty of of guys on first round contracts like Wendell Moore Jr. Why not? I mean, Torian Prince, he has a, a deal that becomes guaranteed. I think it's like two days. Yeah. Two days after the draft this year for just under seven and a half million. DeLon Wright, signed a two-year deal with the Wizards at last summer, and he's owed $8.2 million effectively next year. I don't know what exactly what the Wizards' needs are necessarily on the roster. I know they're kind of, it feels like they're always in that murky middle, as we like to say, uh, in the Eastern Conference. They may just completely reset, um, in which case, like a straight-up Prince for DeLon Wright deal doesn't make a ton of sense for them unless they're simply roster balancing. But if the Wolves have to throw a second-round pick in with Torian Prince, DeLon Wright fits the Wolves better than Torian Prince does. Especially if you're bringing back... Uh, if you if you buy into Josh Minot having an increased role, if you're bringing back to kill Alexander Walker, you know you obviously have Anthony Edwards, you have Jane McDaniels. Torian Prince is going to be, what, your third or fourth best perimeter defender? I think you'd rather have somebody that can help Mike Conley and back up Mike Conley, take some pressure off his plate, reduce the amount of minutes Ant has to run the offense. You're losing Jalen Noel... DeLon Wright's a better defender than Noel. He's a better defender, I think, than Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Uh, maybe a little, you know, a little... He's not going to guard as many threes as Alexander-Walker can. Um, but you're also gaining the experience. You're gaining somebody that can initiate offense. To me, I'd rather throw in a second in t- along with Torian Prince and take back DeLon Wright than trade Wendell Moore Jr. Um, I'd rather keep Moore and get DeLon Wright and give up a second than trade Wendell Moore and and keep Torian Prince. Uh, again, in a deal like this, which is of course completely, you know, made up. There's a lot of other moving pieces, undoubtedly, in the off season. So this is just responding to this on Bleacher Report, kind of, I guess, in a like in a vacuum. If all other things are equal, what I would do, I would absolutely trade a second rounder and Jordan McLaughlin and Torian Prince for Delon Wright. I don't know that I'd be as excited to trade Wendell Moore Jr. But I'd do it if I had to, right? If it came down to it and you needed a backup point guard and you're convinced Jordan McLaughlin's not the answer next season, this is a move to make. DeLon Wright is fantastic, and I would love having him as the Timberwolves' primary backup point guard. All right, real quickly, a couple of kind of rapid-fire Wolves notes. One uh, that came down on Monday, Anthony Edwards is uh, being reported by Sham Sharania and... Uh, um, Joe Varden of The Athletic that Anthony Edwards will be has committed to Team USA in the FIBA World Cup uh, to play for Team USA in the FIBA World Cup in the Philippines in August along with Tyrese Halberton and then reportedly Austin Reeves from the Lakers Mikel Bridges from the Nets and Bobby Portis from the Kings excuse me Bobby Portis from the Bucks and then Knicks guard Jalen Brunson according to Mark Stein has also said he will play for Team USA that's what six guys that have pledged to play it's a 12-man roster and TBSA has not announced what the roster will look like. But the report is that Edwards will play. Um, and, of course, he was on the select team before the Olympics in Tokyo. TBSA has training camp August 3rd in Vegas. And then the first exhibition is the 7th. And the World Cup openers August 26th. It's maybe not as extensive or grueling as, say, like Eurobasket was for Rudy Gobert last summer. But it um, should be fun to see, uh, to see Anthony Edwards compete 
internationally here for Team USA. Also, Darren Wolfson, uh, the fantastic Darren Wolfson at KCP and Score North, says the Timberwolves will have a free agent camp here in about, a, I guess, the end of next week, June 14th, 15th. Sharif Cooper, formerly of the Atlanta Hawks, will be there. Um, that'll be something to keep an eye on as well. And then the last thing, uh, we talked about B-Ball Index earlier in the show. This is a stat that undoubtedly will come up here at some point later this offseason. They're adding a new tool to Basketball Index's uh, list of tools and stats and metrics called Perimeter Isolation, sorry, Difficulty Adjusted Perimeter Isolation Defense, which basically, uh, it's, well, it's self-explanatory, right? It's isolation defense. They're adjusting it based on the usage tiers that they're guarding. Um, and Jaden McDaniels ranks number one in the NBA in difficulty adjusted perimeter isolation defense. Of course, B-Ball Index was quick to point out that McDaniels should have been on one of the all defensive teams back when those were announced a few weeks ago. Other players on this list, so you know it is indeed accurate. DeAnthony Melton, second. Drew Holiday, third. Dylan Brooks, fourth. Drew Holiday and Dylan Brooks, both all defensive team members. Javon Carter, fifth. Another player, by the way, mentioned as a potential former, or excuse me, future Timberwolf, Quentin Grimes, Lou Dort, Herb Jones, Dania Vigia, Avdia, um, and Alex Caruso round out that list. So a number of really good defenders on that list. McDaniels, number one in difficulty adjusted perimeter isolation defense this season based on uh, basketball index's measure of that, uh, of their particular metric. So good to see that for Jaden. Not surprising, but certainly validating uh, Wolves fans know just how good he was defensively. And it's, it's good to see that come through with that metric. All right. Uh, that's all we got for you today here on the show. Of course, we're back every day through Friday. Uh, so we'll have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday shows be back again next week. We're still daily Monday through Friday for quite a few weeks here, moving forward through the off season, lots of draft talk, upcoming free agency, more trade speculation and more guests. So be sure to keep it locked on Wolves. A big thank you to those of you that do make Locked on Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch the show on the Locked on Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Locked on Wolves podcast is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.